my wonderful friends. Welcome to Faith FM Drive Time. Welcome to Big Q&A. This is the show where we respond to difficult questions concerning God, faith, contemporary religion, and the Bible. This is the show where we look at world religion trends in the light of Bible prophecy. My name is William Mawala. I'm the pastor of the Paravista Seventh-day Adventist Church and also the Gawler Seventh-day Adventist Church here in the beautiful city of Adelaide. And it is my privilege to be your host and share with you today. This week we are taking as our theme decoding Bible prophecy symbols. I love this topic. Cannot wait to jump right in. And today we are asking the question, who is Babylon in prophecy? Who is Babylon in prophecy? Today, my co-host is none other than Pastor Joseph Maticic. Pastor Joseph is the secretary of the Seventh-day Adventist Church here in Adelaide. Welcome to the studio, Joseph. Yeah, great to be here, William. How was your weekend? Uh, it was a good weekend. Yeah, good. It was it was busy. Um, got a bit done. Uh, enjoyed uh, preaching on Saturday. Enjoyed doing other things. Okay, yesterday. Where, where did you where did you preach? I was able to. Uh, I was asked to um, preach through um, our um, uh, online um, oh, okay. live stream uh, church service. A uh, number of congregations still closed yes. uh, with with the restrictions when able to open, and so there was an, um, a live stream offered, and so I was I spoke on that. Awesome. Yeah, I had the privilege of, um, yeah, I was preaching as well at, uh, our church at Paravista and we, we were online as well, but, uh, preached live from the, uh, actual church space and we had a core team there. So if, uh, Paravista guys, you're listening, you guys did an awesome job over the weekend. And, um, yeah, it was uh, quite a different dynamic to preach in a somewhat empty auditorium. It is. So, um, but, uh, yeah, it, it was good nonetheless. Um, so, yeah, so do you know what, Joseph? I'm so excited that we get to, I guess, launch this whole brand new uh, theme for this week, Decoding Bible Prophecy. You know, this is close to my heart, Joseph, because as I've probably shared a number of times on our, in our show, um, this is a topic dear to my heart because um, I still remember um, hearing these things for the first time as a 23-year-old, and it literally changed my life. Mm. And uh, I'm... I just get so excited whenever we talk about things of this nature. And so um, I'm so excited to um, share the studio with you. But, you know, it's not just me and you, uh, Joseph. We have uh, Faith FM presenters that are in the studio all week. So all I want to do is just give a very bit of a teaser to our our listeners this evening uh, today as um, uh, just to give you a little bit of a, a snapshot of what's happening later on this week. And I want to give too, away, too much away. I just want to give you the title. And uh, hopefully that will whet your appetite to keep listening in. So to, today we are looking at myself and Pastor Joseph, um, who is Babylon? That is a huge topic. And let's just be honest, we cannot cover it all in, in this little time that we have. So if anything, it's a seed planted to, um, to get you studying the scriptures and kind of investigating these things for yourself. So let me give you a rundown of, of what's happening this week. So uh, that's what we're looking at today. Who is Babylon in prophecy? Tomorrow we've got Nick and Eric in the studio. They're going to be talking about God's model of salvation. And they're going to be looking at the Old Testament sanctuary. And and that is going to be a super study um, as they join us tomorrow. Later on in the week, we've got topic, um, what Christ has been Doing in heaven. That's a pretty interesting topic because, you know, historically he was here 2000 years ago. Yes. So, um, yeah, that's a pretty relevant question. What's Jesus doing now? And so Nick and, and David are going to, um, host that, uh, session on Wednesday and they're really going to, um, 
just unpack that and uh, what Jesus is doing now in this biblical teaching of, of the heavenly sanctuary. So Eric and Nick, they're going to kind of lay the groundwork of the earthly sanctuary, and then uh, David and uh, Nick are going to almost a part two, if you will. Later on in the week, we got on Thursday, what is Christ doing now? So there's a bit of a joint... Um, uh, I wonder who put this together, Joseph. Oh, that's a good question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so fine. so what what has he been doing? That's a Wednesday and then Thursday. What is he doing right now? And yep. our good friends Fabiano and Helen, they are going to dive into that topic. That is going to be an amazing topic. You know, I often thought about that, Joseph, is, you know, Jesus was gone 2,000 years ago. You know, what's he doing now? Is he just up there just looking at some prophetic clock, just kind of waiting for things to fall into mm. place? Or is there a bit more to that picture? Yep. So um, please listen in on Thursday. Helen and Fabiana are going to take the lead on that one. And then on Friday, this is, you know, when I read this topic, Joseph, you know, I couldn't help but think that, that it could cause a bit of tension because the Friday's topic that uh, Nick and Tracy are going to look at is, does God have a true church? Yeah, when when I heard that, Joseph, I don't know who sent me the email, but when I read that title, there's a little bit of, well, you know, we can't be too, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. We can't be too dogmatic on on these types of um, discussions, you know. So, well, William, this show is called Big Q and A. In other All words, right. we 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 ask the big questions here, don't we? Uh-huh. Uh And sometimes those questions might be might be controversial. Yeah. Uh, these questions might be um, like today's one. Is it, this one's going to be a bit of a heavier one yeah. as we we delve into a, a heavier prophecy um, and, and look at it? But hey, th- there's no question that can't be asked. Is that right? Yeah, we shouldn't shy Absolutely. away from any question. And uh, yeah, God willing, uh, we are going. Going to um, get into the Bible, and we're yeah. going to he- look at how uh, the Bible uh, explains this for us. Um, not just in today's presentation, but even that one that you said c- uh, coming up this week. Yeah, look, we, we, we've looked at some uh, heavy ones, even in the last week, uh, mm-hmm. covering some. Uh, we delved into some uh, prophecies, some some heavier prophecies that may not always be talked about amongst Christians yes. and, and and other people who are a little bit aware of the Bible, but uh, it, it's important to do that. And so we sort of want to continue that th- this week. And um, yeah, we sort of finish a, a longer series that we've begun whilst we've been doing this in the absence of our um, our host, uh, Pastor Gary Hodgkin, who's been on leave, and uh, yeah. of course looking forward to having him back. And um, and then we'll go into he, no doubt he's going to have um, prepared for us other. Um, yeah, uh, exciting Q and A's. Yeah, we kind of miss Gary. He's yeah, he's the one that got us on the on the set and that's it. Gave yep. us our um, got us how to work this um exactly this beautiful right. technology that we have in front of us. So um, if you if even if you if you kind of have a leaning towards history, some of you history buffs out there listening tonight uh, on the radio, um, because what's going to happen on Friday is Nick and Tracy they're going to kind of trace through Revelation mm-hmm. chapter twelve and interesting church history prophesied in scripture and so um you don't want to miss that so that's a bit of a teaser so we're just laying the groundwork pastor joseph and myself and uh the rest of our faith fm presenters are going to do a fantastic job and so we want to encourage you to tune in because they all build off one another let's go to our world watch segment and today i have for you an article from cnn this was done uh you know it wasn't recent it was done last year so um and the title of this article is when religion is bad for your health 
That's an interesting topic. When religion is bad, is sorry. When religion is dangerous, sorry. Let me get the art. Let me get the title right. When religion is dangerous for your health, and this article is written back in May of 2020 from a from CNN religious editor, Mr. Daniel Burke. Let me read a couple of his um, insights in this article. Faith has inspired countless acts of generosity and goodwill while helping believers get through an extraordinary. Scary and difficult time. But some believers from Christians to Hasidic Jews have flouted social distancing guidelines, insisting that God will protect their congregation. And as in previous pandemics, some have gone looking for scapegoats to explain why God would allow such immense suffering. Jeff Levin, and by the way, if I just hit the pause button, um, this article is basically about um, Mr. Daniel, who interviews this particular gentleman by the name of Jeff Levin, and here is his credentials. Jeff Levin is an epidemiologist and observant Jew, interesting, who comes from a long line of esteemed rabbis, has studied and lived at the intersection of medicine and religion for decades. The Baylor University professor's new book, Religion and Medicine, A History of the Encounter Between Humanity's Two Great Institutions, is a comprehensive and fascinating look at the complex relationship between spirituality and healing. And so in the article, uh, Joseph, see, um, Daniel, he speaks to um, Levin about how religion can both heal and harm and how we're seeing both aspects play out during the pandemic. Now, I'm not going to read the whole article, but it's basically a, a Q&A between uh, Daniel and Mr. Mr. Levin. But I just found a couple of things interesting, a couple of the questions and his responses. So basically, the gist of the article is, you know, if you notice the timeline when this was written in uh, November, in May of last year, this was right when the coronavirus had, had started uh, in began and, uh, you know, spread across the world. A couple of things um, that I'd like to just point out for our listeners today. Um, let me just walk through some of the questions here, kind of give you a bit of a summary of the questions. Um, so the, one of the questions that uh, Daniel uh, raises with Mr. Levin is, um, the way you write about the relationship between religion and medicine, how close they were at first and how far apart they seem now, made me think of a bitter divorce. Mm. And here's Levin's response. That's a really good analogy. You can't really tell, you can't really tell the history of medicine without the history of religion and vice versa. Concerns about the healing of people go back to the origins of religion and religions have been involved in the training of healers of both body and mind. As this relationship has evolved, we've seen the good, the bad, and the ugly. So essentially what he's saying, Joseph, is you, you can't really, you know, different, you know, the two kind of go in hand in hand as culture, you know, uh, lives its way through history, this idea of uh, religion and medicine. But um, so he goes on in the article. There's a little bit on the pastor that kind of caught my attention. Now, by the way, this article was written in you know, when the COVID had just, you know, run rampant through the world. And he has something to say about pastors, which I thought was quite interesting, because if you read the article, Joseph, he mentioned that when the COVID pandemic uh, struck and hit across the world, particularly in the States, there was a very racial uh, hatred, if you will. I know it's a strong word, but there was a lot of um, anti-Asian um, um Hatred towards people of Asian um, descent in America. Ah. And so this article kind of picks some of this out. Okay. And so I know that didn't, well, at least to my knowledge, I didn't see 
on that on a big scale in Australia, no. uh, praise God. But but he kind of touches on this and listen to the question here. Um, here is uh, Dr. Dan- uh, the CNN uh, uh, article writer, Daniel. He says to Levin, you point out that Jews were scapegoated during the Black Plague in Europe. We're seeing some of that happening now with the Asian Americans. Mm. Why is this idea so persistent? Here is Levin's response. People need to lash out to have someone to blame when they feel that God has abandoned them. They think it must be someone else's fault. And now here's where he kind of cuts the line and he talks to clergy. Because you and I included Pastor Joseph, we're, we're you know, part of uh, uh, we're, we're faith leaders. Yes. He says here in the article, I'm disappointed that more clergy and pastors aren't speaking out about what's going on. Some are making statements, but this to me is a social justice teaching moment for people of faith. In any community where this kind of bigotry is going on and it's incumbent upon pastors to say something, if some of their congregants don't like it, and then he has a few expletive words there. <laughs> he says, at a certain point, you have to be bold. Uh, now, you know, when I read that article, Joseph, for that, but I, I can't help but think that there's, now, that's wasn't, that's not happening now here in our backyard here in Adelaide. But there, he's, he mentioned something about the role of faith leaders yes. and pastors that sometimes when, when we have to make decisions as pastors and leaders in our various churches, not everyone's going to be happy. Mm. And I like what he said there is pastors have to say something. And that really challenged me because it made me realize, yeah, there are some things that we have to be more neutral and there are things that we have to kind of, you know, be a bit more diplomatic and whatnot. But then he says there that, you know, when we see something as blatant as say, you know, Asians getting, or in this article, you know, getting, you know, assaulted and, Mm. you know, all these hate crimes just because of their race. Yeah. You know, he says here in the article that, you know, pastors, when we see that, when we're kind of calling out pastors in America, that they needed to say something. And it kind of made me think that where do we kind of draw that line between being silent and then, you know, a time to kind of speak up? And so, yeah. What are your thoughts on that? You're right, William. It, it, it's it's challenged because it's it's one thing to speak up and share about uh, things that have happened, you know, way in the past, or to bring out things from Scripture that um, that, that the Bible records. But it's another thing to comment on uh, issues that we are currently experiencing and going through. Yeah, uh, because um, they. Uh, people will have different perspectives on, on it, William, uh, whether it be uh, the COVID pandemic, whether it be yep. um, s- some racial issues, uh, yes. whatever it is, if it's a current present issue, uh, people will have their differing views on it. And um, and so no matter what you say, it, it can be polarizing. Yep. Um, it, it can also be affecting people in diff- what they're going through or what, what's currently happening in, in our world or happening in society. Uh, people are interpreting and understanding that in various ways. Yep. Um, and so, um, yeah, to, to speak to it can, can be difficult. However, we, we do need to because... Um, uh, 
whilst it might not be easy, it is still important to uh, to bring the biblical principles, to apply them, uh, and, and that takes tact, wisdom, yes. and, a, and especially a lot of prayer and guidance from God um, to to not skew it or to, to intentionally polarize, mm. to, to just deliberately want to antagonize, yep. uh, but to speak into things, to, to point out things that need pointing out, to comment on things, uh, to, to identify things that are not right, and um, there, there is a place. That, that, that There's a role for that because um, God and his word are always relevant and uh, the, and they need to be applied yep. to every present situation. I think it's a, a beautiful segue for me to just kind of uh, share this little thing um, very quickly before I go to our first break. Um, you mentioned the COVID pandemic and, um, pandemic, sorry. And, um, you know, I came across this post. I think it's kind of trending. People are copying and pasting this. And, you know, where we are here in Adelaide, Joseph, there's a big talk about we just came out of a lockdown. Mm. Um, Sydney's going through, you know, I think it's fourth or fifth week now. Yeah. Um, and so there's a lot of unrest, a lot of frustration. You yes. know, Sydney had that big rally, yes. that freedom rally, you know, just a, a matter of a week ago. But I came across this post because I don't like to engage a lot with online stuff. I mean, that's just me personally because it can really consume your energy. And um, But there was one that I want to share with our listeners. And, and to me, it, I, I think there's a bit of a balance ground. And now this is talking about the idea of the, the COVID shot. Okay. Now, a, a couple of my friends were sharing this online and I think everyone's copying and pasting it. So, but just in case you haven't read this, I, I, I want to read it to our listeners today. And, and I think it gives a, a good kind of perspective on everything. Now, let me read it. Then we're going to go to a bit of a break. So here's the post. Well, I don't know who the author is. It's just got pasted and pasted and pasted, but here's what it says. For my friends and family who have recently gotten their CV, COVID vaccination shot, or who know they will get one soon, awesome for you. I can see how relieved you are, and I'm so glad that this option is available for you. For my friends who aren't sure they will get one just yet, or maybe ever, already know that they never will, I want to throw some love and respect your way too. I am happy that you have made that choice. Medical freedom is important. The wonderful thing about informed consent is that two people with the same information can make two completely different choices and neither of them is right or wrong. That is what medical freedom is and should be. There are benefits and risks to every medical procedure. Doing the quote right thing means you've weighed the risks and benefits for yourself and are making an informed decision. The only wrong decision, IMO, in my opinion, is made purely out of fear, social pressure, or emotional reactivity. If you have researched your decision and are comfortable with it, great. Mm. What's right for one person may be wrong for the other, both on an intuitive and biological level. We're all doing the best we can with the information we hopefully have spent time digging into. Let this be a gentle reminder for all to please respect each other and be mindful of the message we put out there. Is everyone, quote, wrong because they believe differently than you? They very likely have just as strong of a reason for their choice as you do. Remember, this information is also part of one's Personal Health Information Act, and you have the right to not answer when asked whether you choose to get the shot or not. So whether you choose a CV shot or no shot, you're okay in my books and I respect your decision. You're not okay in my book when you start being rude to others because they made a decision that was best 
for them. I love that quote, uh, Joseph, because mm. um, to me, that's what it's about. And uh, unfortunately, people are getting taking things very personally if, mm. if, if views aren't, you know. And I, mean, I read that this morning. I read that this morning. I said, wow, that is a... That's a great take on it. You know, each one. You know, it's actually a Bible principle. We have to each be convinced in our own mind. Yeah, it is. You know, I think Paul talks about one person esteems one day of the other. And so we have to be, we have to understand it for ourselves. So we have to, to go to a bit of a break right now. And then we're going to get into our first uh, attempt to really dive into Revelation uh, 17. Um, but uh, before that, we get to some music, today we have a great offer for all of our listeners today and for this week. We have a great book called Amazing Prophecies of Daniel Revelation. This book is an absolute must for anyone who's interested in prophecy, and it covers the topics we're going to be presenting today and the rest of this week. So for our listeners this evening, as you're driving home, or you'll be listening to this at a later date, if you would like to get a copy of today's offer, all you need to do is text the code word SA10 to 04888808811. And the Faith FM giveaway bot will simply reply asking for your details. So again, very quickly, the text code is SA10. That's the letters SA as in South Australia and the number 10. So SA10 and text that uh, code to 04880808811. Okay, so that's the free offer that we want to give to you guys and put in your hands uh, for today and the rest of this week. But for now, we're going to go to some music. Here is Lauren Daigle with Inevitable. You're listening to Faith FM Drive Time. I can feel when my mind starts to creep into doubt On the days when the strength in my heart's giving out There's a light but it hides from me deep in the cloud There's a voice that I need but I don't hear a sound If I run into what I can see Fighting out of all my unbelief Father, even in my song will be I know you will always carry me It's Your promise to play on repeat in my head When you meet my anxiety, put it to death Ever run into what I can't see Fighting out of It's an end. 
Faith FM's free offer today is the final events of Bible Prophecy DVD. Exploring what the Bible says about the future and other topics you've heard of, like the rapture, the second coming, and many more. This DVD is available in several languages, including Mandarin, French, Spanish, and Portuguese. To get your free final events DVD, go to faithfm.com.au forward slash offers or call us on 1-800-FAITH-FM. That's 1-800-324-843. And welcome back. You are listening to Faith FM Drive Time, big Q&A with myself, Pastor William Mawala, and today my co-host in the studio is Pastor Joseph Matichic. If you're just tuning in, Pastor Joseph is the Secretary for the Seventh-day Adventist Church here in South Australia. This week we're taking as our theme, Decoding Bible Prophecy Symbols, and today we are asking the question, what is Babylon in prophecy? So we're going to dive right in at this very moment. So Pastor Joseph, what is Babylon in prophecy, and what can you share with our our listeners this evening, and as they listen to us on a future episode, and and, and what's the relevance, uh, I guess, for us living in our world today? Yeah, thank you, William. This is a this is quite a, a serious and uh, important topic, and um, yeah, we we, we want to. Uh, just right at the outset state that we just want to look at what, what the Bible, uh, portrays about this and, um, and compare, uh, compare, uh, scripture, scripture with scripture carefully. Um, Babylon, uh, the, the term Babylon occurs a number of times in the Bible. Um, and it, and it particularly is referred to in, um, in the book of Revelation, the last book of the Bible. Uh, and, and the book of Revelation, William, it, it has an, an, uh, a lot of symbols, a lot of um, uh, passages that, that can be strange uh, and can even be scary. Uh-huh. Um, and um, uh, some of the references related to Babylon are, are those. Now, uh, let, let me, from the outset, just go straight to Revelation chapter 14, verse 8. This is actually in the midst of what what's known as the three angels' messages, which is... Which, which are the final messages to, pre, to be proclaimed to the world okay. before the end. Right. Um, and uh, verse 8, Revelation 14, verse 8 says this, A second angel followed and said, Fallen, fallen is Babylon the great, which made all the nations drink the maddening wine of her adulteries. Okay. So here's, here's a reference to Babylon the great being fallen. Right now, immediately we're asking, well, what what's this referring to? What, what what's going on here? This this is in the midst of this message. Uh, the, the message just before uh, is the one that is the everlasting gospel that's to be preached to every nation, kindred, tongue, and people. Sure. Um, then comes this one, uh, telling us that Babylon is fallen, um, which is yeah interesting. Then uh, Babylon again occurs. Uh, um, a little bit later on in um, when we come to to chapter seventeen, and, and over there there's now we'll look at this in a little bit more detail. But there is uh, portrayed chapter seventeen uh, from verses uh, uh, one onwards a um, 
a description of a a woman, and in particular in verse three and four, it describes that woman, what she's dressed like, and how she's sitting on a scarlet beast. Or re- that's that that's red. Um, okay. And she's covered with blasphemous names. And then uh, the title there in verse 5 says, the title on the forehead says, Mystery Babylon the Great, the mother of prostitutes and, and of the abominations of the earth. Whoa, okay. this, what, this, this is really confronting, isn't it, yes. William? Uh, because then when we come to chapter 18, uh, there's, a, there's a passage there in verse uh, for Revelation 18 verses 4 and 5 um, where God speaking says come out of her that is referring to to come out of Babylon um, because in verse 2 sorry Revelation 18 2 it says Babylon the great is fallen that re- reiterates what we saw in chapter 14 Babylon the great is fallen and then it says come out of her my people um, in verse 4 okay. so Babylon what is it well uh, William let me say this right from the outset. Whenever we're trying to decode Bible prophecy, yes. the beauty is the Bible, uh, when we compare and read elsewhere in Scripture, it helps us understand it. So we mm-hmm. don't have to jump to conclusions or add some interpretation or or bring in some fanciful So the Bible ideas. explains itself. Oh, it sure yep. does. And so that's, that's one thing. The other thing is, Book of Revelation is the last book of the Bible, uh-huh. and it actually is full of references to terms that have occurred elsewhere in the Bible. Okay. And so if we go back and look at where those terms were mentioned originally, yes. it helps us w- give us a clue to understanding what, what it, its meaning in the context of Revelation. Now, sure, Revelation is uh, got these visions and symbols, and, and it conveys you know, certainly end-time stuff, mm. but, we, but if we look at it, what those terms meant originally, it helps us understand what's what's going on. You know, it's kind of like, uh, Joseph, um, you know, like when Jesus was walking the earth, he would use stories from the Old Testament. That's right. From the scriptures to give people an idea of, of what he was trying to say. Yep. So the first thing in my mind, um, Jesus talks about remember Lot's wife. Yes. And so what does he mean? Well, you've got to go to the Old Testament story that talked about Lot and the story of Sodom and Gomorrah to kind of get a picture of that. So what you're saying is when we read in Revelation about, you know, symbols, beasts, and all these crazy stuff, Yes. We, you know, the Bible's not just saying it for the sake of saying it. It's actually... In code, if you will. That's right. And then you, like you said, you've got to let the scriptures and go back to those original sources, stories to give you a better picture of what it's saying. Exactly. Okay. Right. Cool. Yep. Now, uh, the very first reference to Babylon, um, actually, uh, we find back in 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 this book of Genesis, way back, where um, the origins of it was. Uh, Babel, which, which is actually the foundation of, of Babylon. And the reason I, I say that is, is yes. for this, William. Um, when we come to the book of Daniel, uh-huh. um, the book of Daniel talks about the the Babylonian Empire yes. and the area being the land of Shina, Daniel chapter 1. Okay. The land yep. of Shina is, is the same place where the, the Tower of Babel was. Okay. Genesis chapter 11 Fascinating story there. Genesis yeah. chapter 11, you read the story. If, 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 if we look it up there in those opening verses, it describes how uh, people at that time got together and um, in, in, in that area and they said, uh, let us 
make a name for ourselves. Let us build a tower uh, that reached to, to the heavens. Yep. Um, and uh, lest we be scattered across the earth. So here we find an attempt, um, humans attempt to, to come together uh, to do something. And the, the emphasis there is let us, you know, yes. we, we can do it. We can do it. Um, now, what's actually taken place before is there was a worldwide flood, and um, sort of in 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 sort of in the, in, in the background here, what's taking place is people are thinking, let's let's build this thing that that can be tall enough that withstand any kind of flood. Let us make something that we, that we can do it. And uh, God looked on this, and he what he ended up doing is um, it says that he confused their languages, and so that people weren't that their plans were thwarted as as a result. And the place that was um, this took place was called uh, Babel, which, which means uh, Confusion. Okay. So here's here's what's happening. The the, the first reference to Babylon or is Babel, mm-hmm. which is where humans attempt to do something themselves, and it's it's it, we see the concept of confusion. Okay. Then we come, of course, to ancient Babylon. That was the, the and we've talked about the Babylonian Empire here on, on previous episodes, yes. William. When we've looked, you know, Bible prophecy points out, you know, the, the sequence of of the key. World empires, Babylon, then we had Medo-Persia, etc., Greece, and down to Rome. Babylon, and, and we read a, a little bit more about it in Daniel chapters 1 through to Daniel chapter 5. Okay. Um, and uh, interestingly enough, in Daniel, uh, and, and this is fascinating, William, Daniel chapter 4, Okay. Um, uh, King Nebuchadnezzar was... The, the, one of the most uh, famous kings of Babylon. Sure. And there it, it describes how he, in verse 30, 31, uh, was walking along the, his city walls and said, Is not this great Babylon that I have yeah, built? Yep, I remember so, that one. So what we find happening there, William, is uh, this attitude um, that the spirit of Babylon is self. Okay. Uh, humans attempt a, a, and, and focus on, on what, what they can do. And then in chapter 5... Is is actually this the describes the story. It's known as the writing on the wall. This was this yeah. was the night that Babylon fell, William. Yes, I remember that one. Yes, okay. And um, the writing on the wall. And and what actually they were doing on that final night that led to their fall <laughs> is they taken the sacred vessels from the Jerusalem yeah. temple and um and, and used that in that it was really a, a pagan party festival mm. and had wine from it, drank wine from it. And so what was taking place is they were mixing, William. Here's the thing. Listen, okay. Will, they were mixing. Uh, rel- uh, sacred and and pagan things together. All right. So crystallizing all of this, um, and then uh, sorry, one other thing. Ultimately, what we need to look at is Babylon was the opposite to Jerusalem. Jerusalem is God's city. The okay. city of God's people. Right. So Babylon represented the enemies of God. It mem- it, it represented what was opposed to God. That's that's what we want to make really clear. Uh, and see, we see these elements: Babel, confusion, um, uh, the, the spirit of doing it ourselves, uh, mixing tr- sacred and secular, okay. mixing truth and error, and ultimately, it's opposed to God and mm. His ways. Mm. Okay. So, when we come to Revelation. We are looking at Babylon representing that which is opposed to God. Okay, and um, and so in particular, I want us to notice how this plays out. Well, it's not surprising then when we come to Revelation uh, chapter fourteen, and we saw there in verse eight yep. um, that 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 message, Revelation fourteen eight says, Babylon is 
fallen, is fallen. That great uh, city which made all the nations drink the maddening wine of her adulteries. Oh, okay. So there's an interesting yeah. reference. Mm-hmm. Maddening wine of her adulteries. It, it's bringing in other terms, adulteries. Um, it's a picture of being intoxicated by wine through an adulterous relationship. Right. Um, we'll say more on that because um, when we come to um, – Chapter seventeen, we we find uh, we find something interesting. So, uh, William, l- let's go to Revelation chapter seventeen now, because uh, Revelation chapter seventeen. So, just real quick summary, um, Joseph. So, Babylon, there it, it was a a real literal location in the Middle East. Uh, it has a reference to a story of ancient, um, you know, back in Genesis, this Tower of Babel episode, and then. Uh, then there's King Bab- uh, King Nebuchadnezzar in the days of da- uh, Daniel, um, and then now there's it's through those stories and the spirit that emerges from those stories we find reference to Babylon again in the Book of Revelation. Exactly so, right. Yeah. Okay. That, 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 that's right. And so, like, well, I think we've pointed this out when we're decoding Bible prophecies. Uh, we find that uh, v- these various symbols ha- have meanings. For example, uh, we- we've clearly seen, William, on, on other episodes that a beast in Bible prophecy represents a power, yep. a-, a kingdom, okay. an empire. Right. right? We- we've seen that. Uh, we've even seen how um, uh, time elements yes. are also, also symbolic. Uh, and generally, a day will represent a, 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 a year. year. Yes. A day in Bible prophecy represents a, a literal year. Um, and now we find this symbol where it talks about Babylon. And so, you're right, we, we, we are now not looking at a specific city because Babylon as a, as a location no yep. longer exists. Okay. Okay. Um, so we're not talking about a literal place that God's saying to get out of. No, no, there there well is a done. spiritual, That's right. symbolic it, It's representing reference. something. Okay, I get it's you It's representing yep. something. What's it representing? Okay, well, let, let's, let's, um, uh, let, let's go and have, have a look at this. Clearly, clearly it's representing something that's, that's opposed to God and his ways. Okay. So uh, th- that, that's absolutely clear. We see the warnings. Babylon is fallen. Okay. A Revelation 18, 4 and 5. Come out of her, my people. Right. That's an interesting one. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll come back okay. to that at the end. Come out of her, that is, come out of Babylon, my people, mm, okay. God says. So God has his people in Babylon. He if does. we're reading that text. He does. As, just as it reads. He does. Okay, yeah. so that's good. What oh, well, not good, but good news that if we, if we are in Babylon, and dare I say there may be some that – may not even know, A, what Babylon is, yes. and B, they may even be in Babylon. Yes. And here is God saying in the book of Revelation, uh, prior to the return of Jesus, to come out. Exactly. Okay, that's good news. Yeah, it is. It is, absolutely. And now people, might, some someone that might be hearing this might think, oh, okay, well, Babylon's just then talking about um, yeah, being anti-God. And, and sure, God wants to call us a- a- away from uh, um, the worldly way of, of being opposed to God. Hang on a minute, though. Because we find some significant details here that shows us this is this is not referring to just being opposed to God, uh, just being a, a, it's not re- describing a secular, godless way, and um, and that's because some of these references we, we've already seen. Hey, hang, why don't you hang on to that thought, Joseph? We're going to have to go to a quick break, then we'll give you um, 
we'll jump right back in. But um, just very quickly, another quick uh, announcement for our free book offer. As we mentioned at the top of the show, we have a great book for our listeners called Amazing Prophecies of Daniel and Revelation. And uh, this book, it's an absolute must for anyone that's listening. You're interested in prophecy, and it covers the topics that we and the Faith FM team will be uh, discussing this week. So if you'd like to get a free copy, all you need to do is this. Text the code word SA10 to 04880808011. That's 04880808011. And the Faith FM giveaway bot, they'll simply reply asking for your details. So again, text the code word to SA10. The code word is SA10. That's the letters SA as in South Australia with the number 10. So SA10 and text that number. Text that code to 04-88-88-0811. But for now, we're going to go to some music real quick. Here is one of my favorite Christian artists, Andre Crouch, and the song is It's Not Just a Story. I heard the story of Jesus Sounded like music in my free offer today is the final events of Bible Prophecy DVD. Exploring what the Bible says about the future and other topics you've heard of, like the rapture, the second coming, and many more. This DVD is available in several languages, including Mandarin, French, Spanish, and Portuguese. To get your free final events DVD, go to faithfm.com.au forward slash offers or call us on 1-800-FAITH-FM. That's 1-800-324-843. And welcome back. You are listening to Faith FM Drive Time Big Q&A with 
Pastor Will Malala and my co-host, Pastor Joseph Matichich. Pastor Joseph is the General Secretary for the Seventh-day Adventist Church here in South Australia. This week, we're taking as our theme, Decoding Bible Prophecy Symbols. And today we are looking at the question, what is Babylon in prophecy? And so uh, I had to cut you off there just before the break, uh, Pastor Joseph. So you laid the groundwork with Babylon. Take us to the real core of uh, the subject uh, matter, talking about this uh, chapter 17. Go for it. Yeah, no, thank you, William. So we, we are talking about Babylon in Bible prophecy, and we find Babylon referred to in, 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 uh, mentioned on a number of places in the book of Revelation. Notice in particular this one in, in uh, chapter 17. Revelation chapter 17, and um, we read there, Then the angel from verse 1, Then the angel carried me away in the spirit into a desert. There I saw a woman sitting on a scarlet beast that was covered with blasphemous names and had seven heads and ten horns. Okay. The woman was dressed in purple and scarlet and was glittering with gold, precious stones and pearls. She held a golden cup in her hand, filled with abominable things and the filth of her adulteries. The title, this title, was written on her forehead. Mystery, Babylon the Great, the mother of prostitutes and of the abominations of the earth. Now, William, we mentioned how uh, the Bible uh, and, sorry, the book of Revelation contains many prophetic symbols. Okay, Here's another one. Here we find this woman, this woman that's uh, arrayed in in all all jewels, um, sitting on on this this beast, riding a beast. Uh, Now, we've said that a beast represents powers, empires. We, chapter 13, if I can just uh, remind people, go back and listen to some previous episodes that I outline, identify for you what, what the beast represents uh, in Bible prophecy okay. in, in, yep. in Revelation. Um, and uh, here we find this woman, and uh, the title on authority is Mystery Babylon the Great. Okay. Babylon. She's called Babylon uh, by one of the titles. Sure. The mother of prostitutes. Uh, which um, it also says that uh, she's holding in her hand um, a golden cup filled with the filth, filth of adulteries. Now, this woman uh, is is a symbol for something. Okay. Um, when we look at um, Bible prophecy, we've we, and so and when we look at other passages of scripture, uh, close study of the Bible, we find that a woman in the Bible. Is is often used as a symbol for the church. Okay. Uh, for, see, we see that ex- clearly in Ephesians chapter five, right? Uh, where it talks about husbands loving yes. wives as Christ loved Love the, ch- the, the church, and then he he says, "I'm speaking about the church." Right. Second uh, Corinthians el- chapter eleven and verse two um, also uh, tells us uh, how uh, the woman is is a symbol for um, uh, the relationship. Uh, between a woman and a husband is the relationship between God and and his and his church, um, and um, uh, what what we're finding here though is this woman is called a mother of prostitutes. This is this is not a not this doesn't sound like a nice woman to, to, to just put it mildly. Okay, um, understatement. Yeah, uh, now I say that for a point because. Um, it, it mentions mother of prostitutes. It mentions adulteries. 
Oh, we, we know what you know, adultery means illicit relationships. It, it means uh, not being faithful. Yes. So here we find this woman. What did we say a woman represents? A woman represents a church. Okay. This is an unfaithful church. Well, what's going on here? Okay. What, let me put it this way, William. Revelation is full of contrast. You have the true and the false. Right. Uh, you have um, the saints and the sinners. You have, um, if you like, Jerusalem. We have Babylon here. So we have here uh, a false, but it, but it, it, it's an apostate. It, 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 it is a counterfeit, William. Okay. That's how, uh, that's why Revelation is so significant. It, it is full of these, um, you have the true and the false. Yes. But the false looks like the true. Okay. So we have a symbol of, of this woman, adulterous, unfaithful. She mm. looks like a true church, but she's not. Right. Okay. Uh, and so. I say that because Revelation chapter 12. Now, the episode at the end of this week is actually going to go into that. So I'm not going to get into it now, other than to 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 notice there in Revelation 12, um, there is another woman portrayed. Right. All right. Right. Okay. And, and she's described as as a as a pure uh, as a pure woman um, who's um, so context. Just because it says woman doesn't mean it's bad, as exactly. in chapter 17. Good, good point. What you're saying is... Exactly right. Chapter 12, there's another woman that's portrayed there. Exactly but right. But there's a different description of this particular woman. Okay. That's right. And that's, right. so that's what we find. We find the true and the false. We find the genuine and the counterfeit. Okay. And revelation... And so th- th- this woman represents, um, yeah, the, the, the false, uh, the, 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 the counterfeit. Okay. Um, now... This woman, let's remind ourselves, actually has the title Babylon. Okay? Yes, it has has the title Babylon. Yep, that's verse five, um, yep. and that's uh, that, that that's a key point that we that we need to understand. So, um, uh, this who is this woman? This woman would represent uh, uh, the church, the apostate, the church that is not. Faithful to to God, fully faithful to God and all His teachings, which gives us a bit of a hint why there's that message in chapter eighteen: "Come out of her, my people." Mm. God has His people in all churches, and so we are here identifying something yeah sensitive, significant, William, and that is that yeah just before the end, uh, there is going to be the true one, but there's going to be another one that's going to look true, but but it but it is not, and we need to understand how to identify this. Right. Um, what, what's what's uh, significant for us, William, as as we look at this, is that um, uh, the Bible is predicting that this false church, um, in passing around its its wine cup, is going to lead multitudes to 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 participate in this and, and, okay. and lead, lead others others astray, uh, lead others astray. A uh, couple other things that give us a clue to identifying this: the title there is Mystery Babylon. Um, right. One other characteristic that we didn't mention about Babylon, we find back from the Old Testament in the book of Ezekiel. Mm-hmm. Ezekiel chapter 8, um, uh, we find there uh, that there was um, the practice of, um, uh, sadly, go- uh, God's people during the time of Babylon uh, mixing true and false worship. There, there was sun worship being described. You read it. I, I just direct our listeners to to go look it up. But essentially, uh, um, oh, okay. what we find there a characteristic of Babylon um, was a, a Babylonian worship was uh, involved with sun worship, the sun god. Uh, 
Um, okay. Now, why is this significant, William? Now, I'm, I'm getting a little bit specific here. Essentially, um, mm-hmm. uh, w- what we find taking place over history is that um, w- uh, s- s- sun worship was based uh, and, and people had um, a day for the sun, right? which, was, which is Sunday. Okay. So, in a sense, uh, Sunday actually has also uh, some element of pagan origin. Right. Now, why is this significant? This is significant because we find it, it mixing. Remember what we said before uh, about Babylon? It, right, it, the, it, the true and the false. That's yeah. right. And so, it's mixing the true and the false. It's taking some of these ancient pagan elements and, and incorporating it together. So, which is, that, that's why we, we want to tackle these big questions here yeah. on, on, on Drive Time here, because we've identified that um, the origins of, of Sunday have, have, have pagan, ha, ha, sadly, have, right, have, okay. have, have pagan origins. Okay. Now, we, we need to kind of um, bring this together as we're, as we're looking at this, uh, William. So, what, what, what we're describing is, is if I can sort of um, put it a little bit this way to, to, to bring it together. Uh, the Babylon... Uh, essentially has a Christian face. She represents the end time religious counterfeit of God's true people. Wow. Can you repeat that one more time? That was pretty... Yeah. Babylon, yeah. in Bible prophecy, uh-huh. uh, represents the end time religious counterfeit. So it's a religious to, counterfeit. That's exactly right. right. That's exactly right. Um and she's riding a beast. He pictured as sitting on a beast, which means that she's being supported by world powers. World okay. powers. And uh, what you find in Revelation 17 there, it talks about uh, the fact that um, uh, they end up turning on her in chapter 17. And in particular, sorry, in chapter 18, we find that um, that, that they end up t- turning on her and, and she loses her power. She, she, she falls. And, um, that, that, that really is quite, quite intriguing. And so, uh, William, I just wanted to, yeah, uh, look, look at the, these th- key things. Um, Babylon. Yep. In Bible prophecy represents apostate, uh, religious system. It's, it's, it's clearly a spiritual, okay. uh, system that we're talking about here. Okay. Um, very simply. Uh, any church system that's not totally following all of God's truths, one that's mixed in truth and error, one where, where sun, Sunday worship has come in and, and, and other relevance. Right. And what we find is um, that this is this uh, the Babylon is the name given to this woman, uh, apostate, which, which represents the false church. Um, she, um, uh, she, she's on a beast. Uh, she's uh, she's directing state activities and and supported for, by them for a while. Um, it talks about in verse six uh, about the blood of the, of the saints. She's a, she's she's a persecuting church. Okay, William. Wow. I think I think we've gone heavy <laughs> enough. Um, and without being any more specific than we need to be, yep. we simply want to say to people out there that that. Need to be very careful because what what this is identifying for us is that any system that's not fully devoted to the teachings of the Bible mm-hmm. is spiritual Babylon. Before we close, Joseph, I just have to ask you: Why does God want us to know about Babylon? And I think we're probably yep. preempting uh, this week, but can you give us a little yeah. bit of a? Why is it so important to God? Because for some listeners, they're like, okay, you, you described some heavy stuff there, Pastor Joseph. What is it 
why does God want this to come out? Why is this so important that, that the world needs to hear about this just before Jesus comes? God always wants to warn his people before the end. He wants people to be saved. He doesn't want people to be deceived. And that's okay. why I want to leave this with people. Revelation 18, 4 and 5, the appeal, this, this is it. This is it, William. Um, the message is God's calling. Come out of her, my, my people. people. Come out of her, my people. And so to anyone that's listening, you're, you're seeking truth. You, you, you want to be a truth seeker. You want to follow God fully in his way. Um, we want you to understand, check what you are following, make sure that you, you are committed to following God. And the appeal to you is to, to, to come and follow him. And so that's why the message is for all of us. God wants us to come out and to follow his true people. Let, can I pray? Sure. I yeah. think that would be great. Dear God, thank you that you're a God who's revealed to us what's going to take place, even some dramatic things in dramatic ways. But that's because you don't want us to be deceived, even by things that may look right. Yes. And you want us to come out wherever we might be to come to the truth, to come to you, to follow you no matter what. I pray for every listener, Lord, uh, if, if they're seeking truth and some of the things that we've shared may raise even some other questions, help them to continue to seek truth until they fully find it in you is my humble prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for sharing um, that uh, message with us uh, today, Pastor Joseph. Well, it looks like our time is up for today. Thank you to our listeners for joining myself, Pastor William Mawala, and uh, Pastor Joseph Matichich here on Drive Time uh, BQ&A. So please... Please join us tomorrow when our presenters, Nick and Eric, they will spend the entire time to tomorrow discussing God's model of salvation. And Eric's going to take us on a journey into a discussion on the sanctuary in the Old Testament and how it points to Jesus and his death on the cross. So you won't want to miss tomorrow's program. So we really look forward to seeing you. But until then, please remember the words of Jesus Christ. I'm leaving you with a gift peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give isn't like the peace the world gives. So don't be troubled or afraid. May God richly bless you.